Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. Go check out the website, CrackedRackets.com, and add that on the favorites on your website browser on your phone. Uh, Rob Thomas just wrote a piece on Serena and her comeback that you have to check out. And Ryan Cardiff is keeping you updated with everything college tennis and his college tennis roundup. And the college tennis realm should be an entertaining finish, to say the least, as conference play heats up here the end of March and then going into the conference tournaments. But... One quick plug, go follow our Twitter and Instagram pages. The handle is, uh, you guessed it, Cracked Rackets. If you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review the Great Shop podcast. Alex Gruskin, Max Rothman, and Max Fliegner have new episodes with that uh, banterous back-and-forth style you love every week. So be sure to go check that out. Give them a subscribe and, and a rate and a review. But on this edition of Cracked Interviews, Oklahoma commit and blue chip senior Mason Byler joins the podcast to share why he chose Oklahoma, uh, some background on his decision, some college recruiting experiences, including his official visit to Norman, why he will miss junior tennis and his expectations for the Sooners when he joins them next fall. So for now, enjoy my conversation with Mason Byler right after a quick message from this week's sponsor. Max, we know all tennis fans love the thrill of a Grand Slam event. You know, there's something to those huge crowds going crazy for their favorite players. But there's something to be said about the intimacy of a small crowd. You know, what comes to mind for me is college tennis or the challenger levels where the crowd may not be as big, but, you know, everyone's rooting together. You feel very involved with your fellow crowd members. And I'm just wondering, are there events where ATP players are playing in a much more intimate atmosphere? Alex, you couldn't have asked a better question because there is. This August 19th through 22nd, we've got the Stowe Mountain Lodge Classic hosted at beautiful Vermont's Green Mountains, Spruce Peak Stadium. Let me tell you, Alex, this place is gorgeous. You know, I think you sent me the website for this, and it really is gorgeous. It's in like a valley like with beautiful mountains and trees surrounding it. Oh, absolutely. The stadium court is one to impress. And let me tell you, there's some great names that have come to this tournament in the past. Last year, naming a few. We had Jared Donaldson, young gun Francis Tiafa, who's been on a run this year. Maybe he drives his Porsche from the Delray title to this event. I'm just wondering, would I have a chance to see it? Well, that would be a sight to see, and you might, because there's a players party before the tournament starts. That Saturday night, the fans will have a chance to interact with all of the players before the tournament starts. You've made a solid case, Maxi. And like you mentioned, this event starts August 19th, ends August 22nd. It sounds like the event for tennis fans. It really doesn't get much better than this. Where can I go get my tickets? www.stowtennis.com. One more time, please. I have hard of hearing. That's a www.stowetennis.com www.stowtennis.com That's it, Alex. So www.stowtennis.com Let me hear it one more time. www.stowtennis.com 
Get your tickets today, and we'll see you in August. Dots are also periods. Mason, thank you for joining Crash Rackets. Yeah, no problem. First and foremost, we want to congratulate you on the commitment to Oklahoma. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, you're from Palm Harbor, right? Yes, I am. Yep. So what ultimately turned the tide for you to commit at Oklahoma? I know you were looking at Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Virginia, some of those schools that ultimately decided on Oklahoma. A lot of it had to do with um, coaching, like Nick um, moving there and getting the job. And then I went out and visited and I just I just absolutely loved campus. So it really put things in perspective of like, I really don't know what much more could compare to that. And I just thought I'd be the most happiest there. So it just, that was ultimately what it came down to. And Nick was at Florida State for quite some time as the assistant coach and then the associate head coach (laughs) most recently. Before he moved, were you extremely close to committing to Florida State? I was, yeah. It was, um, Florida State was definitely my closest second choice. Um, And I think what made me really go to OU was because it's almost more like everything was a little bit just a little bit better. Nothing against um, like Dwayne or anybody there at Florida State, but it's just I think I meshed better with Nick and I just had a better relationship with him that it would just ultimately have. I feel like my future is just in better hands with Nick than than it could have been at sure, Florida State sure. without him. Yeah, and that chemistry with the coaching staff is crucial for sure. Exactly, um, yeah. And what about with the players on the team? Do you know any of the guys at Oklahoma? Because I know they've got a pretty old group. You know, they've got a bunch of juniors and seniors on the team with like Spencer, Papa, and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't – I didn't know a whole lot of them um, going into it, but I do actually know uh, Jake Van Emberg. Uh, he's a Florida IMG kid, actually, and so I played a lot of junior tournaments with him. Uh, he's a freshman there now, and also a good buddy of mine, Matt Rodriguez, is committed the same year as me. We're going there together, and so I think having like a good buddy of mine that we've been through a lot of the same junior experiences with and um, coming with me is a really cool bonus and really cool factor, I think. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think there's a lot lot of like, there's actually like three. So once I'm there and we're there, there'll be like three, four Florida guys on the team. So we're all going to be really familiar with each other. And I think we're going to bond really well. So it's bringing all the, uh, the Florida recruits out to uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's doing a, he's doing a pretty good job at it. Yeah. He's bringing the culture out there. So um, when, when did you commit and like, did you all, did you all kind of commit together or how did that work out? No. Um, so Jake, I think was a first um, because obviously he's a year ahead of us. So he, um, and then Matt actually committed before me. Um, he had visited earlier, so he had, you know, kind of made his mind up earlier than I had because I had not seen campus and every, all the facilities and whatnot yet. So he committed first, and then I committed, I 
think like two or three months after. So there was there was a bit of a time span, but it was a uh, it was a really cool thing to say that we're both going there the same year. So yeah, for sure, it'll be nice to have you know somebody else from Florida too that you've grown up with, and that'll make the transition a lot easier mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So when yeah. you went out to Norman. Uh, were you able, when you took your official visit out there, did you go to a game? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I went to, I think they played Kansas. So it was a bit of a blowout, actually. So they smacked them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was still really fun. And also a really cool factor is um, my, I have an older brother. I have two older brothers, actually, but the, um, the closest oldest uh, was going to grad school at Oklahoma at the time. And so I got to see him and spend some time with him, and he kind of came on the visit with me. And so uh, it was really cool. And he actually was able to show me around more of the city and whatnot than Coach could because of some of the NCAA rules and yeah, restrictions yeah. and whatnot. So it was cool. I felt like I got almost two visits with him being there at the same time. Oh, yeah. For sure. So is he since graduated? Yes, or- he has. Yeah. Is he still out there or did he move back to Florida? He took an internship at the University of Tennessee, actually. He's there right now in Knoxville. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But he could still give you the, you know, the inside scoop, the ins and outs of Norman and, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He knows the place well. So, um, do you have any understanding of like the dynamics of the big 12 and and what to expect going in next year because i know you know tcu is always a powerhouse um mm-hmm. texas you know has a solid squad as well but are you uh is there anything that um you know nick has told you or any of the the players on the team have told you to expect from the big 12 um Honestly, I haven't heard like a whole lot about what to expect. Um, I've kind of just been going off of what I've seen like the past, you know, two seasons or whatnot since I've been following. Um, like you said, like Texas is always solid. Um, and even uh, Baylor, I know Baylor and OU have always a bit of a strong rivalry when it comes to uh, cheering and whatnot. They get into it. So, um, I gotta. I feel like I gotta prepare or prepare as best as I can for that type of college atmosphere when it gets to those tight conference matches. So. For sure, for sure. Is it so? Is there anything specifically that you're working on to prepare your game for the college level? I know you're playing, you know, some some ITFs and that kind of. There's some challengers and that kind of thing. But are you doing anything else uh, like on the court to prepare, uh, building up, you know, physically or anything on your game on court? Um, honestly, not, not a whole lot. I mean, like you said, I've just been playing the futures, trying to get to that, you know, better game level than just junior tennis. Um, and I mean, recently I started working with a personal trainer to try and get me, um, in some of the best physical shape that I can be in preparation for next year. But, um, you know, on the court, I think I'm just, just trying to keep up doing everything I've been doing, um, staying healthy and then just getting ready to make, you know, big improvements once I get there. Kind of talk us through the commitment. Was it a major relief or, you know, were you just, were you excited to get it out of the way or what were you thinking at the time? I would say I was, it was definitely a relief. I think, um, 
you know, I had throughout the you know recruitment process, I was playing some big tournaments and I think I definitely felt a stress to um to my results and whatnot um you know because i had so many eyes on me and whatnot so i think once i came out that i was verbally committed it was just like a huge load off my shoulders i was able to relax and i think it definitely showed more on the court with my results you know the past summer and whatnot so it was definitely uh, a relief yeah i'm sure i'm sure is there um Anything that you would recommend or any tips to our younger listeners who are up and coming juniors who will most likely experience the recruiting process in the next year or two that you did know or you wish that you knew going in? Um, I would probably just say, like, try and enjoy it as much as you can. You know, it's one of the very few times you get, like, so much attention brought to yourself in junior tennis and just try and have fun with it as best you can. I, I think that's, that's as much as I can say to it. Yeah. Well, it's probably, you know, such a whirlwind that you get caught up in everything that's going on. You don't really enjoy the day to day and yeah, you know, the, exactly. the, the relationships that you're building and that kind of thing. I know you mentioned this before, but you had a heck of an outing this past summer, specifically at Clay's, making it to the semis. Were you preparing quite a bit, you know, for clay court season before then? Or how did that translate down in uh, Delray? Yeah, I definitely was preparing a lot for that tournament. Um, I was training like twice a day for two or three weeks um, beforehand, you know, especially with the, the Florida heat and whatnot. It really is a factor so i was i was really preparing myself for to get my to get have my best chances at getting a good result there and it definitely paid off yeah because that's that's one of those tournaments where you know you have multiple defaults from heat exhaustion or dehydration yeah the heat's no joke down there but you're pretty uh you're pretty used to it being down there because is remind me is palm harbor relatively close to tampa yeah it is it's about like 40 45 minutes so how did you originally get into the game of tennis as you, i know you mentioned you have two older brothers you're, are you all a big tennis family um actually not really um me and my brother were really the first to uh to pick it up um it's kind of a funny story i had always shown like a bit of an interest in it when i was about four um and my coach uh so something actually really cool is i've had i had the same coach that i've started with um throughout my whole junior career i've never switched coaches and that's so, extremely rare yeah it is it is you don't see that a lot and i'm, I'm pretty proud to say that you know i've done that and so my coach, uh, my coach's wife would always walk around our neighborhood. Um, and she saw me like using a racket and just like hitting a ball to my mom. And she mentioned that like her husband was a coach and that he's got a lot of students. And it turned out that he was like right down the street in an apartment complex at the end of our neighborhood. And so we went and checked it out one afternoon and, me and my brother actually started like the same day and then we just kind of fell in love with it since. And then my brother got a D one scholarship to Florida golf coast. Um, and then here I am, you know, 
committed to OU with the same guy I started with. So it's, it's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great story. So wait, um, what year did your brother play at Portugal Cup? Uh, I think he's grad. I think he went like 13 to no, that can be 12 to 16. Okay. If I think next time you talk to him, ask him if he knows Dean Samus. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, you know, he was, okay, a, he, was so, a, he was a team. He was a teammate with him. Yeah. Small world. So I, I played high school tennis in Kentucky. So I played with Dean uh, throughout high school. So it's always a small oh, really? world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. He was definitely. always a beast. Uh, just absolute grinder. But um, anyway, so how was it? Since you all didn't really have much of a background, because you know most high-level juniors have a family member or you know some connection to tennis, was it kind of an adjustment for your family when you all first started traveling and, and going to nationals and you know that kind of thing, or was it more? It was probably easier having your older brother travel first. Yeah, it was. It was definitely an adjustment, and. Um, I think one thing that helped is my um, my coach always instruct like right when we were first kind of started told my mom to like homeschool me because if I'm gonna like pursue this that's you know kind of what's needed to be done if I it can be like you know the best I can be and so I think that adjustment getting into homeschooling really helped with all the traveling and they definitely found like a groove but it did take um i'd say a couple years maybe to get used to but yeah wait so did you all vote to laurel springs no actually my brother never really homeschooled he homeschooled about one year i think like eighth grade or eighth in the ninth um but he was always he actually went to school he went to high school and played high school tennis and all that stuff but i was mm-hmm. always i was always homeschooled but so you didn't do, you know, the Laurel Springs program. You're like one of your parents or both of your parents actually did the homeschooling. Yeah, I well, I didn't they didn't really do a lot of homeschooling. We just used different programs. It wasn't it wasn't Laurel Springs, but um but yeah, basically the um uh same same stuff, same yeah, principle. Same same concept. Yeah. So was it ever a challenge and this is something that we've been getting into more lately, but was it ever a challenge balancing, you know, school tennis and your social life? And how did you, you know, work through that time management wise? Yeah, it's definitely always a struggle to balance school and tennis. Um I think it's just really about time management with the school. Like you got to set a schedule and just try and stick to it as best you can. I know a lot of tournaments are kind of unpredictable, but you just got to fit it in whenever you can. And that's obviously something I've learned through the years because I've had plenty of years where I I got so behind that I had to crunch in the past like month or the last month of the school year to get everything done on time. So but it's it's definitely all about planning ahead, I think, is the key to keeping everything running smoothly, I should say. Yeah. And I mean, having that schedule, you know, traveling almost every weekend or a couple weekends a month, it's it'll probably make your transition to being a student athlete a little easier because you're used to having that hectic schedule working ahead. Um, is there anything that you have heard your brother 
playing D1 tennis, how how that schedule is once you get to college. I mean, my brother's always giving me like hints and whatnot about the you know stay on top of and you know not get like super. I wouldn't say like confident, but like always be on top of things and you know never let anything um, get by you or slip past you. Um, so I think the best, like I said, is just making sure like trying to fit it in whenever it's possible. Like when you're on the road, like you have some downtime, just try and get like, make sure you're prepared for whatever's coming when you get back and stuff like that. Always be ready. So um, we'll kind of switch gears a little bit. Is there maybe a hobby or something that most people don't know about you that you you know like to do in your free time or something outside of tennis that, that people don't know about you? I mean, honestly, I don't do a whole lot. Um, you don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. Time, um, sure. Yeah, but um, I do watch a lot of baseball and obviously uh, college football. I really enjoy but you know, all the, a lot of the Tampa teams are not very good, so it's kind of hard to follow those sports. Um, I, I, I was watching Hard Knocks this year, and I was getting amped about the Bucs. I thought they were going to be legit this year. Yeah, I know, and they've completely fallen apart already. So <laughs> <laughs> the only team, the only team worth watching is the Lightning right now in hockey. They're tearing it up, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> You mentioned earlier that you're starting to work with a trainer to get the conditioning side down. Have you started working with the trainer yet, or is that what you like? Are you about to start working with them? No, I have. I've started. It's only been about like two or three weeks now, but I figure I've heard a lot of like, um, like from my brother and some other like friends that are already in college. Like adjusting to the fitness is a huge part of it. So I'm hoping like this is going to give me an edge going into next fall. Yeah. And are you all planning on doing like training blocks? Because um talk to guys like Patrick Kipson, who just recently decided to do like a five week, six week period of just training. Is that anything that you're planning to do or, or what's your schedule like moving forward conditioning wise? Probably not as much of the blocks, really just doing it like after practice, like I'll, um have like one hour one and a half hour sessions like three four times a week to, but i mean my coach does travel a lot like with his daughter who's trying to make it actually professionally so when he's gone i'll be trying to work a little bit more but i don't think i'll really be doing a lot of the whole block thing i don't blame you that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, that sounds like a grind no kidding. So it's the name of the website. What's your cracked racket situation? I've cracked probably like two or three during a match, probably like my entire career. Um, I've I've had some that have cracked like um, in my bag and whatnot. Honestly, I've never been a big racket thrower just because my, my mom would not tolerate it. So <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was more scared of like what she would do than what, you know, USDA would do or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. I was the same way growing up. I didn't even care about the, you know, point penalty potential. It was more like what would happen, you know, for my mom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Um, so we'll move on to the rapid fire segment. Essentially I'll give you 10 questions in rapid succession 
and uh, you'll provide one word answer. So are you ready to rock? Sure. Let's do it. All righty. Favorite tennis player? Roger Federer. Favorite snack on the court? Probably uh, like a cliff bar. Favorite meal off the court? Chicken parm. Uh, Favorite video game? Call of Duty. If you were to take away any stroke, uh, which would it be? Volleys. Favorite surface? Uh, Clay. Favorite city in the world? Probably Rome. Favorite athlete non-tennis related? Uh, Tim Tebow. Favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The smell. Awesome. Thank you, Mason. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Sounds good, man. Talk soon. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Mason Byler. He gave you up-and-coming juniors some great advice as to what to expect and look for during the college recruiting process and why he ultimately decided on joining Coach Nick Crowell and Oklahoma. So congrats again on the decision, and best of luck next year in Norman. The Big 12 is going to be a fun conference to compete in for sure. But also, as you know, I uh, always like to give a major shout-out to the magician, our producer, and the one and only Daniel Westoff. He does his thing to make us sound smart around here and actually make a crisp and smooth podcast. Uh, We have some exciting interviews on the horizon, so stay tuned. And uh, take five seconds to go subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast, as well as the Great Shot podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and go like the Facebook page. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast if you haven't already on iTunes. Only five stars, please, and thank you. We, uh, we also now are on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, the TuneIn app, and wherever you get your podcasts. So check us out there. And I know most of you are doing this already, but go tell your friends and family about Cracked Rackets and all the good things on the podcast with the Great Shop Podcast, the website at CrackedRackets.com, especially those tennis heads in your family, you know, the ones that are over the top, you know who we're talking about, that are looking for all things tennis, so you know the deal. Uh, but for one Daniel Westoff, I'm Dalton Thieneman, and we will see you next time, crack fans. The final thing is that now, and not a prince of anything. Go take on a kill, anyone has been so powerful. The chip at you, I bring your skin up, everything is confusing. You will be good, but you will.